Another day one Dolphins podcast once again, hosted by your boy Ouch. Follow me on Twitter at YFinsYY. Here with me is my fellow lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, Chief Sut. Please throw him a follow at tw- on Twitter at Chief Sut. Follow our podcast Twitter at Day One Dolphins to stay up to date. Let's get down to it. What's going on, Sut? I'm feeling good. Uh, I guess I'm in the Christmas spirit. I'm not feeling really grinchy after watching the film back and. I'm ready. We're on to Green Bay. How are you feeling, dog? I'm all right. I felt like I digested it properly during the game, like right after. I went into it 100% not expecting to win, so that helped with you know being let down. Obviously, halfway through the game, I was tuned in to our very realistic chance of taking a dub in that game. Um, it was so visually appealing. I mean, before we talk about the semantics and you know, talk about the perspective of being a Dolphins fan and watching the game and watching us lose. Just the snow and the Saturday night football towards the end of the year and how much was on the line, division rivals. It was a really good, like, game. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was. Obviously, they could have, you know, not thrown a couple flags here and there and, you know, could have changed the outcome, but we'll take it. It's the second time that we've had to deal with something like that where it should have been a dub and it wasn't, but at least like it was hard fought. That Chargers game, I will not consider it like that. I would consider maybe a portion of it hard fought, but... Was there a worse game the entire year than the Chargers game? Worse? Yeah. Emotionally, the Bengals game. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I guess we could have gone to the Bengals game. <laughs> but, I mean, the game that we went to, of all the games, yeah. we chose that Chargers game. And, oh, my God. Absolute bull. Oh, my God. Ugh. It's inexcusable. And that's going to stick with us for the rest of our lives. And it is. But, whatever. We went. And if they make up for it this week, I guess I'll be okay. They played way better than we expected them to in Buffalo. That's that's technically what we're here to talk about. So we'll we'll talk yeah, about yeah. it a little bit. But why are you still talking about the Chargers? I was literally about to bring up a Zach Ware quote. <laughs> so shout out to Zach Ware. Obviously, if you're a fan of the show, you've heard him on a couple of the previous episodes. He's one of the lead voices in our group chat and most discussions. In our hearts. Yeah, he's literally the lead voice in my head. I wake up and just have Zach going. <laughs> what? Well, you have an angel on one side and you have Zach on the other side. The number one thing he said before the game was we needed to run the ducking hall. And I think it was amazing that we came out there running the ducking hall. And the other thing Zach said was that in the fourth quarter, we kind of leaned on Tua's arm a little too much. And after watching the film, upon further review, I could not agree more. I think on those two big third downs, there's absolutely no reason not to hand it to him, especially knowing we're going to go for it on fourth down anyway. So why not just try to get the 
easy yardage. Raheem's busting off 50-yard, 60-yard runs after contact. And Salvin, Savon, sorry, Savon is looking like a savant and just cutting people up and looking juicy as well. So I didn't get it. I think it was a little bit of overthinking again. And if we can stop the overthinking this week, Matt LaFleur overthinks even more than uh, Coach McDaniel does. Could be a good matchup. I think, uh, I don't know, man. It was just so close. I wish we would have won. <laughs> like, yeah. Starting off with the first quarter here, uh, out the gate, all I was thinking and saying was, man, we have to run the ball. Like, we have to be able to run the ball. And then, boom, first couple plays are like a first couple different first downs from Mahim. Um, make it, forcing my girlfriend to give me a high five in between every first down. Uh, just Raheem looks like a grown man out there. Looks like McDaniel understands fully the the play calling that we're going to need to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's looking good. Uh, everything looks fairly like a fair exchange. Um, in order, I'm trying to think, was it the first red zone trip? The first red zone trip was a field goal. I held a field goal, right? Yep. Yep, and that was the long, I think the long Raheem Mostert run led us to a field goal, no? Uh, Yeah, it got down to like within we the 15-20. Like, yeah, I think that may have been where Tua throws these two absolute dots, one to Tyreek Hill, <clears throat> bounces off his hands, he doesn't come down with it. Second one to Trent Sherfield. Um which also is put only where Trent Sherfield can grab it. It looks like he caught it. I'm pretty sure he's caught like two of those on the year already. Either him or Waddle are in that in the uh, slot over there taking that route. Um, and uh, he dropped it. So we settled for another one. Uh, but Jason Sanders, the kicker. Boy, we got to give Jason his props. He's turning it around. As much as hard as I was on him and as hard as we were on him, I gotta stop and give the man. I mean, I know it's your what you're supposed to do as a kicker, but yeah, that fifty-something yarder in the snow when we needed it, I did not have any faith, and he and he he drilled it. So I had no faith. I was uh, I was playing an event, and lo and behold, they were also Dolphins fans, two of which were season ticket holders. So they had a projector set up at this Christmas party with the game plan, and I'm like, no, this is this is how the holidays are supposed to be. But when he lined it up... Did it get intense enough where everyone was only watching the game? uh, No, because there was still just old people and and drunk, Uh drunk wives that didn't care. But he still had the holiday party vibes. And every time we scored, I dropped the fight song. So we were on brand out there. (laughs) (laughs) Miami has the Dolphins, like literally from the top. (laughs) The greatest football team. They all got busy out there, bro. And uh, when he lined it up, I got on the mic and was like, I would be shocked if Jason Sanders even comes close to making this. And then he wet it. And I was like, well, well look yeah. at me. I'm going to shut my ass and go back to DJing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's he's I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to jinx him and get all excited yet. But goddamn, I it was looking it, bad for a as, while there. Oh, yeah. It looked like he wasn't going to be on the team. Mm-hmm. But they had faith in him. They never like the coaching staff, never lost faith. So I try to read into those things for like the tea leaves behind what's really going to happen. Uh, but I would put Jason Sanders on the list of players who contributed enough 
to win the game. And it would be him. Um, I would put Tua in that category. Mm-hmm. I would put Christian Wilkins in that category. I would put Javon Holland in that category. Steeler. Yep, Zach Sealer. Um, Jalen Phillips was getting to it, plus this this the strip fumble, strip sack. Um, who else? Um, Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert almost, almost won the game himself. He wanted it, man. That guy was running the ball hard from the first handoff. And there were a couple run plays where he gets blown up in the backfield and he still made five, six, seven happen out of it, let alone the big run. Like, it was impressive to see. He had a, that was probably his best day as a Dolphin. Yeah. Yeah. He had 101 yards in the first quarter, I believe. Yeah. And then went on to have like 50 yards for the rest of the entirety of the game. Although Simon did get a little meat on on the bone. But yeah, I want to say those are the guys that I would say deserved to win. Um, collectively as a team, obviously we didn't. But those guys' individual effort to me seemed... Is there anyone I'm missing? Um, You got Armstead, right? No, I didn't. But yeah, he had a hell of a game too. Yeah, PFF-wise, I believe it was his... If not his best game, uh, one of them. Um, and Alec Ingold, I would put him up there. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how his oh PFF and all that stuff was, but just watching him care. and seeing him get after it, he had an excellent, excellent day. He's laying hits on people that they're going to remember for the next three quarters. Smacking them. That's the thing. Like, he's out there to – he's playing the long game with you. Like, he's putting his – he just put his – his work clothes on mm-hmm. and he punched in the clock. That's the way Alec Ingold approaches football, the fullback. And man, so fun to watch him play. He, like whether he has the ball in his hand or not. And for the record, I want to see the ball in his hand more often. Oh yeah. He's coming with a full head of steam, whether he has the ball or not. And if you're a linebacker or a corner or a, I would hate to be a corner or a safety, but even these linebackers and D linemen, if he's just chipping them, he's chipping them full speed, like a little rocket. Like there was a couple plays where you saw him light them up, like went right at their like hips, whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. chipped them down low, not low enough where it was illegal, but just took them completely out of the equation. We do look like we're gelling. It looks like the team is um, starting to hit all fire on all cylinders here again. And, no better time, but uh, if we're going to talk about where we fell short, what would you say? I mean, was the cause for us losing the four? Just a couple things where you think we fell short. Aside, you know, we you talked about the straying away from the run on third and one when you know the run had been the primary source of yardage throughout the game. Yeah, I'll I'll go out and just say literal play calling. Because I would consider that the run. I didn't think we needed to go for two the first time we did. Yes, it would have tied it. But just take the extra point. Jason Sanders is actually hitting right now. The play call that we called was stupid. And then later on, you know, that one point could have added up. Then we wouldn't need to go to two. So, I don't know. I believe in just taking the points when they come along. Yeah, every once in a while you want to push it. But there was no need to really go for two right there. I didn't I didn't like that. So, I'm going to say play calling first. And then capitalizing on turnovers. Because after we got that Josh Allen fumble, it's like, all right, sweet. Like, 
we got to score a touchdown. And I believe we kicked a field goal. We might not have even done that. And I think that was a third and one that we were referring to on that drive. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of other plays where it's like we have this isn't really capitalizing on turnovers, but I guess it's capitalizing on opportunities. The stupid runs where Josh Allen just sprints away and just takes off for an extra 15, 20 yards because we slip a tackle or we have him in the backfield dead to rights. Melvin Ingram's a half a step slow. Like just little tiny areas where you need to stop them. We didn't. We didn't capitalize on the little things. We let them score right before the half and score a touchdown right before the half. Like yeah you're only given so many opportunities to make game swinging and momentum swinging plays and we didn't help ourselves with any of those yeah i agree it was uh it's funny because it wasn't that long ago that we had a head coach that stubbornly decided to force run the ball on third and fourth down Mm -hmm. and we're like why are you taking the ball out of your best player's hand (laughs) mad that two is not throwing it and here we are upset and the opposite you know we're like why are you not running the ball when the when the run game has been working here uh it seems like he he's okay running the ball obviously but he doesn't want it to he doesn't want the run plays to out snap the pass plays right like that just seems what it is and it came close this game but it was still slightly favored in the pass um, he's still a, he's still a rookie head coach, you know. I I think he's the. I hope he's the kind of guy that's gonna just um watch all this back, watch every game back, count every single clock management that he had poorly, count every time he had a bad play call that potentially la- lost the game, you know. <clears throat> count every time that maybe he let someone influence him on what the play should be and. Hopefully he just changes a lot of this stuff for next season. But before we get to next season, um, the Bills are potentially a team that we're going to see again if we went out and make the playoffs on a scale from 1 to 10. How confident are you in a best of three showdown in the postseason with the Buffalo Bills back in Buffalo again? Run it back, Turbo. And I hope it snows on you, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to be cussing. What <laughs> well, time is all on all this? 14. 14 minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> you, you know what, you know what, you know what, ass heads. But uh, <laughs> yeah, run that, run that. I, I'm fully confident. I'm down. I ain't afraid of y'all. After seeing how we were able to slip the run and Bob Jones, Bob Hunt, Connor Will, Brandon Shell. Like every offensive lineman was getting shmoney. If we can continue to go out there and run the ball like that on top of being able to pass the ball the way we were, it wasn't like they had a bunch of injuries on defense again like they complained about the first time around. They were basically full strength on D. And what was good with it? They were obviously no Von Miller hurts, but we're, yeah, but we're down to starting offensive tackles. So eye for an eye, brother. Like... We're down seven DBs. You know, so. we're, we're running Cater Kohu, Justin Bethel, Keon Crossan. Like, there's no tomorrow. Monogony, we had Clayton Fledgelum. Don't ever he put was Clayton on there Fledgelum in like, the field ever again. You want to know my favorite adjustment in this entire game that may not have happened in the past? Hmm. He They put Clayton in. 
He immediately gave up two chunk plays for a touchdown, and they took him out, and we didn't see him for the rest of the game. Just like that. Before, the old Dolphins are relieving Clayton in. I don't care who you put in. I mean, it just goes to show you simply the Eric Rowe injury that happened in that game. Yeah. Just off the bat, Clayton Fedulum replacing him allowed a 60-yard chunk play and then a touchdown. And then later on, when Verone McKinley had to come in and replace um, Javon Holland at safety, what happened? Josh Allen takes off on a big run. Verone takes an angle to make a tackle that I wouldn't even take and misses it and can't get him. And he almost scores a touchdown if it weren't for, I don't know, I think it was Keon Crossan or somebody was out there. Stop it. A lot of that, I would say, was Dorsey. Because he, he probably knows just like we do that Fledgelum sucks and he's a liability in the passing game. And as soon as you see him out there, throw it at him. Like, throw it at him until they take yeah, him out. Justin Bethel playing safety. We had a practice squad cornerback. We have a lot of practice playing squad cornerbacks. starting safety. We have practice squad guys starting all over the place, brother. Like, it is, it is yeah, what it out is of position. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, and then we throw Verone McKinley out there, and he holds his own. That's another guy that I like, and, like, he does his job. He does way more I mean, than he he's up, supposed to. That was a lot of that. I mean, he don't look ready to start yet. No. But I, I have high hopes for him, but he definitely didn't look, uh, I mean, as safe. You, if you're playing safety... One of the top things that you should never allow happen on your watch as the last man in charge of stopping a potential scoring play mm -hmm. is allow the quarterback to run for 50 yards. That is one of them. That's one of the bigger you jobs. You have the most time of anyone on the entire field to decide the angle that you're going to take to stop him. And you got body bagged. You underestimated how that guy was moving. He didn't even look like he was moving that quick. Nope. Whatever. That's enough of me. Now I'm starting to get amped up. But <clears throat> close game. I definitely could have seen it going either way. I'll refrain from complaining about the officiating mm. for the most part. But it was awful. Just like every game I watched. Just like in the Vikings-Colts game, the officiating was awful. Mm -hmm. Just like in the Raiders-New England game, the officiating was awful. Just like in the Dolphins-Buffalo game. I know that the Bills deal with penalties and lose games sometimes on awful calls. Just like when they played the Vikings earlier this year. But it doesn't change the fact that even though it happens to every team and it's random, there was a bunch of nonsense in that game that could have gone the opposite way. Like, such a weird game. About six or seven different penalties could have dictated the Dolphins winning the game throughout the entirety of the game. And every one of them fell in favor of the Bills. So... It was about as close, in my in my opinion, as you could get to winning. They were like a defensive pass interference call away from getting swept. Straight up. Um, and a uh, that Josh Allen dive over the end zone that was knocked out before he was over the line. Didn't cross the plane. That did not cross the plane. And that keeps them short a point. And that also changes the dynamic of the game for a little while and how we approach the next drive. Like... Versus it yep. being tied. So, I mean, they popped it out when they had to. They literally did what they were supposed to. That's like reminiscent of our old defense. Like, Ben, don't break. Like, pop it out when they're getting ready to score. Like, that was another right there. We could have won the game off of that. That was a two-point conversion. Uh, the hit that they said was a late hit on Josh Allen out of bounds. 
You don't, it's no such thing as a late hit on a quarterback that fights for every single yard with his legs. What are you talking about? Literally. And when he got hit, the beginning of the hit, both his feet were still in bounds. Straight up. Uh, I don't know, but anything else you want to add about the Bills before we move on to this Santa Claus special? I mean, if you look at it from beginning of the season to right now, we're in a lot better position to take them on year over year. We finally have the defense lined up to how we're supposed to, where, yes, the pass rushers are keeping Josh Allen moving. He's not just sitting in the pocket all willy-nilly or tucking it right up the middle too often. We're kind of starting to get the spy on him. We're making his life a lot harder than we used to. We're sacking him. We're strip-fumbling him. We're showing that we can hang with him, and it's not a big deal. So that's good enough for me. I think we're in a good spot. Uh, if we run it back again, I think they have a problem. Yeah, it's an L to hang your hat on. I know there's no consolation prize in the NFL. There's no participation trophies, and I don't want to make it sound like that. But what I will say is this team was a Super Bowl favorite coming into the, the year. This team is loaded that talent everywhere. Um, this team, barely, we barely beat them in Miami. There's been nothing but you know trash talk back and forth between the fans, between some of the players. And we go up there, beat the narrative that Tua can't play in the cold weather. He has a great game in the snow. Raheem has a great game. Mike McDaniel shows that he understands that we have to run the ball. The offensive linemen run the, like move people, and we actually are able to run the ball. All things considered, man, you're not going to win every game in the NFL. And... This looked like a playoff caliber game, and it looked to me like we played one of the best teams in the league twice, and we showed we can hang each time. So all we got to do is punch our ticket to the dance, and we'll get to see another team like that and see how we match up with them this next time. Just like that, bro. And win out. Just go ahead and let's win out, boys. Two rivalry games to close it. We can get ready to transition into this next game pretty soon here, but like... Let's just let's just close it out and let's punch our ticket like we're talking about. Let's make it simple. Let's not overcomplicate this. Let's do it right. Well, do we got is I see Zach is online here. You want, can we pull him in here or no? Yeah, let's 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 shoot him a message. <laughs> um trying to think of the last time that the Dolphins played on Christmas if it even happened. Give it a little Lugal search. I mean, it's obviously it's going to pull up the one. Oh, never mind. Dolphins history. Games played on. Okay. 1971. We beat the Chiefs in overtime Christmas Day. Damn. You know what happened that next year. Wait, what year? Um, 1994. It was 71. Oh, geez. I think yeah. I know what happened. 1994, 27-20 versus the Lions. 2006, we lost by three to the Jets, 13-10. And that's it. We played on Christmas three times in the history of the franchise. That's it. Yep. 1971. 1994, 2006, baby. So, roughly once every 15, 20 years. That's fucking crazy. Yep. Well, let's run it back, Turbo. 
Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers is, is starting to heat up. If we're looking at this Packers team objectively here, they run the ball. They um, AJ Dillon did have a concussion on Monday. It was so wasn't even like it was Sunday. We're talking, you know, two days ago he had a concussion. I know that they're not going to give him the Teddy Bridgewater treatment here, and they're not going to actually apply any of the actual rules about concussion protocol and actually hold the player out of the game. That only happens for Miami. Mm -hmm. But they have two running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. They definitely use that two-headed monster quite a bit. Um Aaron Rodgers is starting to play better football. Christian Watson, their wide receiver, the young rookie, is coming along as what looks to be like their only real threat. Um, their defense has been a little porous. They struggle from wide receiver drops, and they struggle from being able to stop the run. So if we, in my opinion, go into this game with a similar game plan that we went into Buffalo and prove that we can run the ball, then we shouldn't have a problem winning this game. If we would have run the ball versus the Chargers, who were the worst run defense in the league, we probably would have won that game. Probably would have been Now we're playing another one of the worst run defenses in the league. Don't overcomplicate it for yourself. Pound the rock. Jeff Wilson should be back. Raheem Mostert should be after that game, he should feel like on top of the world. Gee, shit. Um, other than that, I don't. I, when I think of the Green Bay Packers, I really I remember I asked you in the uh, weeks ago who you'd rather play, Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers. You said Rodgers. Well, there you go, buddy. There he is. You get your wish. He's hot. They're hot. Yeah, they are. But that's good. Like we we talked we've talked about it a couple of years ago when we weren't ready. Right now, if we're gonna be a playoff team and we're gonna beat someone and it's gonna matter, we need to be able to beat guys like Aaron Rodgers when they're hot. We need to be able to handle this kind of stuff. Like it doesn't need to be the end of the world. It's just like every game is a playoff game. Like it's like this every year, but now we got every game is a playoff game. The Chargers game was a playoff game. You know, the Bills game was a playoff game. This, this Packers game is like a playoff game. And then you got to end it with two more rivalry game, games, like the New England game and the Jets game. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I mean, it feels like we're going through the the playoffs right there. We should, the next, if we win all those, we should win the Super Bowl. For real. We should, honestly. The, play, the that, that playoff slate's going to be intense. Who would you rather your first game be against I think your choices options end up being Chiefs in Arrowhead Bills again in Buffalo Ravens in Baltimore Tennessee in Tennessee and maybe Cincy so I mean everybody's a rematch except for Chiefs and Titans give me the Ravens in Buffalo and then you know that'll probably go into KC next I would like to see yeah, if we can if we, if we can beat be K, if we can beat KC we can beat anybody, but like I don't necessarily want that to be our first playoff game. Like we don't need to prove that we're tough like that, you know. You grab them off the bye though. Yeah. But for the Green Bay Packers, um, 
they're missing a couple players. I know David Bacchiari, or however you say his name, had uh, appendicitis, and he missed a couple games. He's expected, I think, to come back for this game, so that's big for them. Um, they are down one lineman. I think it's the left guard. Um, we're still waiting to see on A.J. Dillon. If not, they'll be limited to Aaron Jones at running back. For those two guys, it will be just Aaron Jones uh, because of the concussion, but I have a feeling he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already cleared. Is he? Yeah, I have him on fantasy. <laughs> awesome. Fair. Good stuff. Yeah. Nice and fair. Of course, Matt LaFleur like said running back A.J. Dillon has cleared cushion protocol. It's a terrific sign for Dillon that he cleared protocol this early. Assuming no surprise reports, he'll be a playable RB3 flex option this week against the Dolphins and keep Aaron Jones from the RB1 line. He scored twice this last game and like... Again, he's heating up. They're heating up. Like, of course he's. I mean, of course he's good to go. They have the Dolphins favored. Uh, usually, the home team is favored by three, but they have the Dolphins at four and a half. So they're giving us like one and a half extra. So in all reality, if this was a neutral field, it'd be the Dolphins favored by around one and a half points. So it's supposed to be a close game. Um, the over under is a little bit lower than some of our games in the past. Um, and because of that, I think it's because of the Packers' uh, ability to score that it's lowered. It's only 49.5, so we're looking at 25 points each. Um, maybe like 27 to 24 Dolphins kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess. Um, we play way better at home. Uh, I can't. I can't be any happier that we don't have to go into Lambeau in the cold and do this, but we're coming off a three-game road stretch, three L's at that, you know, the California trip for the two games out there. Then we got to go straight to Buffalo on the road in the snow. Just a really, really horrific stretch of games that you have to play. Just Would have been nice to win one of them, but we didn't. And uh, coming back home... For them to come see us on Christmas, I know The Rock is going to be rocking. I know there's going to be a bunch of people out there in Santa Claus hats. I know it's going to be loud. Rock's definitely going to be rocking. The home field advantage. Home field advantage exists, especially for our defense. So, I feel good about it. I'm not going to lie. I I did feel good about the Chargers game too, though. So, (laughs) (laughs) what would your prediction be for this one? I'm feeling pretty good. I think we're going to be able to get to Aaron Rodgers. The The biggest thing is going to be almost the same thing that we had to deal with with the Chargers game, sort of. The Chargers didn't really have that much of a run game, so they had to emphasize on those short routes and flat routes and all that. But the Packers can just run the ducking haul. So if they turn it into that kind of game, it could get stressful, but... I believe we're going to run the ducking hall. I believe we're going to come out and bomb all over them, and it's not going to be that big of a deal. Uh, I'm going to go with 24-14 Dolphins. Fiends for the win again. Wow. Old Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to 14 points. I love that. Two touchdowns. One on the ground, one to Christian Watson for fantasy purposes. I do have him, and he didn't bail me out. I'm in the middle of fighting for the who's who's going to be 12th dead last or 11th now. Nice. So, yeah. It's okay. You know, I just lost more ACLs in this league than I did dollars for the buy-in. There we go. But 
you know, Jonathan Taylor was hurt, traded him. Lamar Jackson hurt. Kyler Murray hurt. Zach Ertz, ACL. Oof. It's never ending. I mean, Chris Olave was missed a game or so with concussion. I drafted Russell Wilson, so, I mean, that's a big L. Uh, yep. Yeah, Damian Pierce, IR. Leonard Fournette hurt hip, missed a bunch of games. Just devastating fantasy season. Yeah, bro, that's about as uh, that's about as bad as it gets. Go ahead, plug it. Plug your plug your fantasy talk for right now while I talk about how. Yeah, bad I was I am. about to say. I mean, if you would have just followed the draft guide, I hate this bring it up again. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the championship in one league. I just came off a bye week in another. Where I'm about. Where to, do they see it? Where do they see the draft guide at? So, um, that one's actually available on Sutton says you can grab the video version on Spotify anywhere you get podcasts at you can get the actual video version on youtube i think it's just youtube.com slash chief sut or whatever my chief sut stuff is uh i twitch stream if you need help on there i do that too probably not anymore since there's only going to be a couple more games left but uh next season get with me now we'll get you guys right i'll draft a team for you no yeah i mean if you do it next year make sure you guys check out sut's uh fantasy guide he's already proven that you can at least do better than I did fighting for last place with this film. <laughs> yeah, and the league that I've been, do- I'm 10 and 3. I'm first place overall. Like, I've just been dominating. Obviously, Jalen Hurts has been QB1, and we're going to, we're starting Jared Goff this week. Jared's the starter. Jared's been going off. I got a Monra. I'm like, screw it. I'll at least get the double stack in there. Justin Jefferson can carry. Like, that. this team's just monstrous, so I think we can get by. But I'm actually playing Alvy in the championship. Yikes. Yeah. Alvy's I'm not going to say who I'll root for then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alvy's got a squad. It's going to be a good one. Well, good luck to both of you guys. Good luck to the Dolphins facing the Packers on Christmas morning. For me, at least, in the West Coast, it's going to be a 10 a.m. game, so it has the potential to ruin my entire Christmas. <clears throat> um, Like I said, 27-24. So that says 24-14. Either way, we got the Dolphins winning it. I do have a Packers fan who thinks the opposite, but we'll see. Don't let it ruin your Christmas if it doesn't. I think there's still a way in for us to get in the playoffs. Very small chance, but if we beat the Patriots Jets, you know, there's still a small chance to get in there. If not, same old Dolphins. You know how we do. Until then, bins for the win. Hopefully again, and then hopefully again, and then hopefully again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to the Day One Dolphins Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at YFins. Why? 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 Follow Chief Set at Chief Set. Follow the podcast Twitter at Day One Dolphins. Be safe, ladies and gentlemen. Keep your heads up. Don't don't be sad. Be glad. We got this. Hands up. Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.